It's time for the No Shot Clock Podcast. We're talking the biggest stories in Illinois high school basketball. Now, here are your hosts, Michael O'Brien of the Chicago Sun-Times and Joe Hendrickson of the City Suburban Boost Report. We are back. Welcome, everyone, into a long-awaited return of the No Shot Clock podcast. We did take a week off. Uh, glad it wasn't too busy of a week. <laughs> yeah, we, we didn't miss much. <laughs> but, it, uh, you know, we took a week off, and things went haywire. They went crazy. You know, sectional finals were wild. Super sectionals were terrific. And we are going to do this podcast just straightforward. We're going to recap. Mike and I were both at UIC, the super sectional. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about other super sectional results from Monday night. And then we'll dive into previewing the return to the state finals to Champaign, which tips off Thursday with 1A and 2A and 3A, 4A on Friday, and then all the state championships on Saturday, all four of them in one big finale. So, Mike... Here we go. First off, yeah, I'll apologize. I had so many people reach out about no podcast last week. It it was my fault. I had some stuff going on. Joe and I couldn't make our uh, schedules meet. We tried twice in good faith, but it did not work out. But really, I was thinking about it, I guess, an hour ago, and all everybody missed out on was a lot of our bad predictions, (laughs) I think. So, I mean, really, everybody might be better off that they got that hour of their life back, including us. I was looking at Joe's predictions, and mine might have been different, but they also would not have panned out. (laughs) So, yeah, it's uh, there we are. As, you know, picks go, I am here for the bulletin board material for all you teams out there. Yeah, what are you going to do? It's uh, So, I guess, you know, we're just going to have to let the – regional finals and sectionals uh go um but super sectional wise you know last night joe and i were actually at the same game we were at uic watching those two games and keeping up with the scores and it was it was a wild one just to watch uh, happen on twitter huh yeah i think the you know we're you know we both (laughs) we both watched lamont and simeon and then it was the the interesting part is because the timing of it you know some super sectional sites had two games going on so we had a six o'clock starts and then 7 30 and then the other ones were seven o'clock so the timing was just different with all of them so the point being as mike was kind of writing and watching and doing things i was kind of scouring the there was just a bunch of going on at the same time right at the start of that whitney young game a lot of other games were ending going into overtime and you know, I, I we'll talk about this UIC what we saw in depth here, but without question, Mike, the biggest shocker of the night was just kind of keeping tabs on that Glenbrook South Barrington game. I have been talking over and out all of the people. What section was that, Mike? They came out of um, this was the Barrington uh, section. Barrington <laughs> section. I will <laughs> bring the heat. I. I I <laughs> yeah. mocked the Barringtons. I mean, not mocked it, but I, I basically what I was saying is whoever came out of the Glenbrook South sectional was 
just crowned the representative to be in Champagne. And I really did not give anybody a sectional, you know, to come through and beat the winner of the Glenbrook South section. Remember, Glenbrook South sectional, Glenbrook South one, Nutrier two, um, Rolling Meadows, terrific ranked team all year three. So that was going to be, you know, whoever won that would go to Champagne. But, and, and, and as somebody who watched Barrington late in the season, I should have been a little bit more open-minded uh, of the possibility because, you know, I, I tweeted this, Mike, last night, and it happens all the time. Maybe not every, every you know, every single sectional, but when a team, you know, a quality team that's had some success gets in the postseason and it doesn't matter who they're playing, it doesn't necessarily matter what sectional they're in, as long as they're winning and putting together, stacking some big wins, and by big wins, I don't care. You win a regional, it's a big win. You win a sectional semifinal, it's a big win. You go and win a sectional championship, it's a big win. You're feeling better. You're getting momentum. Your confidence is soaring. You're playing oftentimes at a higher level than, say, at Christmas or uh, you know, even February or even two weeks earlier. Now I saw Barrington beat Rolling Meadows and I, I pinned it on Rolling Meadows. It was the worst I'd seen Rolling Meadows ever play in the two years, three years since the Christie's arrived. We've been all been watching Rolling Meadows play a little more and it was the worst I'd seen. And I kind of just kind of pinned it on that. And it was a lot to do with what Barrington did to them. They are physical. Uh, they will make you work. And they've got some seniors that are right now sky high, feeling good, feeling they can beat anybody after you, you know, I I just think that momentum and confidence they gain by winning those two regional games, two sectional games, and then poof, you get your, now, did they have to beat as many tough teams to get to Champaign as maybe some other teams? No, but they had to win one big one, and they did it, upsetting Glenbrook South. No doubt. I mean, Barrington was not in the rankings when the playoffs started. You know, they basically, they they lost to Hoffman Estates in, what, mid-January, and that had kind of kept them out for a while because they had made a rankings appearance at that point. They're a team I went out and saw, and what struck me about them was how, I think that was my lead in the story, it looks like a team to me that a college coach recruited because all the pieces fit. (laughs) They've got, like, five starters who look like they're supposed to pl- they are those positions. You know what I mean? We just don't see that a lot in high school basketball where a team actually fits and Barrington fits. And like Joe said, they had the experience. And I mean, Glumberg South, what do we say? You know, they, they squeaked by Nutrier at home in a really tough, really hard-fought, really physical game. And I mean, you don't want to, you know, guess what they were thinking, but mm-hmm. They had to think things are looking pretty good for Champagne, and then you get a Barrington team with a great player in in Will Grudzinski, you know, a real point guard in Daniel Hong, a big man, you know, in Bolt. They've got the pieces. They know what they're doing. Um, you know, Jean Baptiste is a, is a good player. Jano Baptiste. I mean, Barrington has players. They just hadn't done the thing to really impress us. I guess during the regular season to put us. To make us, you know, get get that excited about them, and it's high school basketball. I think I'm always open to the upsets a little bit more 
than Joe is, <laughs> but I didn't see this one coming. Um, yeah, that's for you sure. Know, you, you, you know, you mentioned that you know the regular season they just you know they the the, the schedule's not real strong. You know, everybody else is kind of playing everybody. Barrington just didn't. I mean, that's just fact. I mean, they they weren't in a high profile Christmas tournament. They you know they um, they weren't didn't really they don't have these big huge eye-opening wins. I don't know what part of the year you saw them um, when you watched them. January against Palatine. Yeah, so, I mean, I did watch that that Rolling Meadows game, which was late in the, right, you know, the last Mid-Suburban Championship. championship. Yeah. And they looked really good, and, you know, I highlighted them that week in my three-pointer, highlighted Will Grudzinski, and just being a player who, I mean, his numbers were terrific in the last 10, 11 games, you know, the regional regular season up 24, 25 a game. Uh, and, and it was consistently, you know, 20 plus and big shots. I mean, he hit two big threes in that Rolling Meadows game. Daniel Hong was huge in the sectional final, I think with 32. And I think he made eight out of eight from the line. Those are senior moments in big time uh, situations. So, you know, they, they'll guard you. They'll make you work. Uh, and you know, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about this in the, in, coming up, but I will say this young, those young players, they have no idea, uh, who Barrington is. <laughs> you know, I mean, you, you, you know, they, they, they had Glenbrook South, uh, penciled in as their likely opponent. So, uh, it, that, that score just surprised me a lot because of what we've seen Glenbrook South do all, all season long. The higher profile, you know, I talked about in the preview of the, of that game, really two senior duos, but by far, you know, Mick, Nick Martinelli and Cooper Nord, much bigger high profile. They're both division one kids. Uh, Will Grudzinski is a, is a, um, uh, hot shot must have division three prospect going to one of the best division three programs in the country in Wash U down in St. Louis. And Hong is still looking around. So I, isn't, I think Bolt's going to Augustana? Or Wesleyan, uh, Wesleyan. Yeah. He's going to so, Wesleyan, yeah. And you know, Janelle Baptiste is a college baseball player, I think. So they yes. got the athletes. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think coming out of Tuesday night, not Tuesday night, I keep thinking, super sectionals. Tuesday, uh, Monday night, Barrington was the story. And and then leading into what we're going to talk about right now is probably the other piece of, I, I think the story was Whitney Young. They were good, huh? <laughs> and, oh, man. Yeah, back in the preseason when I called them and Glenbard West 1A and 1B, it's been looking kind of dicey all year. But the team we saw, and you know, it still wasn't fully healthy. You know, it, Daniel Johnson made a big difference in that game. It, just with the overall look and feel and athleticism, you know, he brings to the team. But they still were missing Marcus Pegram. I mean, if he can play on Thursday, on Friday, and it looks like he may be able to, sounds like he maybe could have played if they wanted last night. But, you know, we still haven't really seen all of Young together and, and shooting on all cylinders. But, boy, last night was impressive. Dalen Davis, huh? Wow. Yeah, they, you know, Pigram uh, rolled his ankle in the sectional championship game. You know, I, I talked to Coach Tyrone Slaughter after the game, and I joked with him a little bit. I think we joked about it on the podcast at one at one time. I said, man, that 90-minute post-game conversation with your team following the Glenbard West Lost, uh, did the trick. Uh, I think Mike and I 
we might have joked about it. I can't remember. Just after that game, he was in the locker room. They were as long as I've ever basically seen a team when Glenbard West pretty much took care of them at the when Sides Clyde shootout at Bennett. And you know, since then they've just kind of gotten better and better and better, and they're playing their best basketball at the end of the year. I will say that about Whitney Young, Mike. Over the years, I, there's been a time or two where people have you know been a little skeptical maybe even written them off as a legitimate contender, even with a talented team because of the out-of-state losses or the record not being so good or maybe just not caring so much about a city playoff run, whatever it is, we've had some detractors of Young going into past postseasons where they have kind of risen to the occasion and gotten the job done. And last night, I thought it was the best I've seen them play. And I saw them play also in the in the semifinal, sectional semis against Riverside Brookfield, and they were they were – at their highest level last night. And that team, and again, we'll talk a little bit about previewing here, uh, it, it was a much better looking team than the one we saw against Glenbard West. Yeah. And, 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 and Terrence Letter, you know, has meant, he mentioned it. They've mentioned it in all the, after they won the city, they mentioned it last night about how, you know, they weren't, they didn't drop in the rankings and they didn't drop in all, all of our estimations because of those losses they took out of state. We're used to that. That's not what happened. They dropped in the rankings and they dropped in all of our estimations because they barely beat Proviso West, because they lost to Kenwood, and because they were kind of humiliated by Glenbard West. It was based on what we saw here, not on the road. And Joe talked about, you know, that long post game after Glenbard West and Tyrone Slaughter talked about that today on the, uh, in the media conference call. He said that's, what has catapulted us to where we are today. From that point on, our season changed. The kids became humbled by what they saw. They didn't like it and decided to change. Yeah, I mean, they had a little stretch there in January. They lost to Sierra Canyon, which everybody does, but in Illinois. Uh, Lombard West lost them by one or whatever. They lost 81 to 49. They lost to Milton, Georgia, 61 to 37. Uh, a week later, they lost to Glenbard West. Uh, in convincing fashion. Uh, following that, they lost to Bishop Gorman by 30. And then, you know, they, they, they started to click. They started to turn around. They had that, that run in the city. They, you know, beat Kenwood. They beat Curie. They, I, it's just a team right now. You, you mentioned kind of pieces together with Barrington. In a way, you know, if you got your, your traditional two, they've got something that nobody else has. Yeah, with two two big men and yeah. AJ Casey and Xavier Amos and Xavier Amos is playing just outstanding right now, uh, and he has all year. Dalen Davis, I we, I talked about it last night with Mike when I was talking to him. When Dalen Davis is good, Whitney Young's a lot better, and now you got Daniel Johnson a key piece back. So yeah, they they are, you know, it's the reason about a year ago, twelve months ago, when I'm putting together that when sides collide shootout, Mike. Obvious matchup to me, game of the year type matchup to me was Glenbard West and Young. And Young is playing how we expected and thought they would. And they could, that could be a rematch and, and a, a collision course that we'll talk about a little bit, uh, in 4A. You know, that, that, that other game, I, and the Lamont, I, they keep defying everything I, you know, and, and to their, Kudos to Lamont and what they've accomplished in the postseason. I picked against them uh, multiple times in this postseason run. And even last night, 
uh, in that super sectional. They're down 13 to nothing. And I, in my mind, or I might have even said it to Mike because I was sitting with Mike at the time, and this is going to be a blowout. And I fully expected it to be a blowout. It just had the look of a blowout. Simeon had their way. Lamont seemed out of their element. The size with Wesley Rubin and Miles Rubin starting together was dominating at the get-go, both around the basket in transition. And it just had the look of a game that might get out of control. And, man, before you knew it, all of a sudden you're looking up and like, okay, it's kind of getting to be close to a game again. And boom, all of a sudden it is a game. And they were right there. They had a shot. Well, not a shot, a possession finally after being yeah. down. They had a possession to tie it in the final minute and they had a turnover. Uh, but you know, it came back, cut it to three. And you know, all year long, I kept noting anybody that saw Lamont during the summer knew that this was going to be a fun, fun team to watch and with some success. But it was always with the mindset of, all right, yeah, they're, they're a year away. You know, a year from now, they're going to be really good. Well, they're playing in a super sectional with all juniors and a sophomore. So they're just getting started. This, I, you don't understand the average person, how, how beneficial and monumental this is going to be for that group when they do this again next year. Uh, just to gain this experience of regional title wins and two sectional wins and a, Super sectional appearance against Simeon in a college arena with those, with the fans just all revved up, charged up. Big things for Lamont going forward and, and, and congratulations to, for one of the real big stories of this postseason. Yeah. Lamont coach Rick Runis has done a really good job this year. You know, I actually wound up seeing them lose a lot, but I was always impressed kind of with what he was doing with. Out of a lot of pieces, you know, they, they have the Castillos and Noyes and Drusitis, but there isn't a big man. There isn't a lot of things that high, that successful high school basketball teams usually have. And they were overcoming that right and left, even though sometimes they maybe fall a little short. But I was thinking of listening to you talk there about that Lamont playoff run, which we know what playoff runs do. How interesting is it that they got this experience and Hillcrest didn't? You know, also a, a group that's very young and coming back next year. And I wonder how that'll impact that conference and that area next year with these Lamont kids, maybe getting some seasoning that that Hillcrest team that everybody's really excited about. Didn't yeah. Hillcrest shortchanged uh, by two games, you know, I mean, those two games matter. And you know, I, I saw Lamont in the regional final uh, against Mary Catholic and I, you know, they, they played okay. I mean, they, I, I didn't think it was the cleanest game and, but I mean, they, they, kind of gutted it out and, and, and won that down in Morris and the Morris regional. But even walking out of there, I, well, which is why I picked against them. I didn't, you know, sometimes you see some, okay, this team, they're, they're rolling, you know, and I think they just got better and better. I did not pick them to beat um, Hillcrest, even though they played them tough the first time they met. And I certainly didn't pick them to pick, to beat Thornton. And I don't think anybody would have picked Lamont to beat Thornton with the way Thornton had played down the stretch. So yeah, just a, just a great story, but you know, the winning team, Simeon, you know, they, they're the three, a favorite going in. Uh, and I, after a, a little dip, I think we were, I think there were some concerns. At least I had them. And when the postseason began, 
And then they just barely survived that regional championship game at St. Lawrence. So, but with the, how they played against Lamont, I, I mean, I think you gotta be, if you're Robert Smith, you gotta be pretty encouraged about the defense you played, uh, and just the continued rise and development of the two big juniors, Miles Rubin, who was terrific last night with like 21, 22 points or something. And Wesley Rubin, um, what Young has in 4A with the two bigs, that's what Simeon has in 3A. Yeah, we'll get into that a little bit later, but after digging into some stuff, Simeon, definitely the favorite there. Um, the other, I guess, St. Ignatius, St. Patrick was the other 3A uh, super section that was really interesting. Overtime game, St. Ignatius pulls it out. Um Kind of an interesting storyline there with the coaches. You know, when I met Matt Monroe, the St. Ignatius coach, he was actually a no shot clock listener. <laughs> I think he introduced himself as, and, uh, he was an assistant, you know, at St. Pat's. So, uh, had to be tough to do, uh, Mike Bailey's best shot at state, you know, to kind of beat him in that ball game. I think he'll take it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, probably. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, and then. You know, dipping, and we're kind of jumping here uh, just because of talking some Catholic League. You know, DePaul, Leo played in a super sectional in 2A that was just an intriguing, interesting matchup for a number of reasons. One, they were Catholic League, you know, they battled for a Catholic League championship all year long. Uh, despite DePaul beating Leo in the regular season, Leo did win the, uh, DePaul beat them, right? In the regular season? Isn't yes, right? they did. Yeah. At Leo, I believe. And Leo won the Catholic League rematch in a super. I, you know, I, I gave Tom Kleinschmidt coach of the year a year ago in the COVID shortened season when they won that Chipotle classic, uh, pitted some of the best teams together in a makeshift end of the year tournament and all five starters gone. Five new starters. Really the only guy that played significantly, you know, Dylan Arnett. Uh, the big guy off the bench a year ago has become central focus for them. But, um, yeah, I, 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 I just think that that's a big story because, I mean, what if they go and, well, like they could and not if they, they were two wins from it. I mean, th- that's, that's a state championship potential right there, you know, with two wins to go with this team into a, it's just huge. And, um, I know the two sophomores last year were huge for them. Uh, I, I just think that DePaul right now is sitting in a, in a situation where, do you know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, they're right there to, to win this and then come back next year, you know, incredibly strong. I do want to mention, cause I doubt we're going to preview much two way, but, um, yeah, Nashville is who DePaul prep plays on Thursday in the semis, you know, Nashville, I think two or three times recently, you know, has been in, uh, at state. So we've seen them a bit, but they held Tutopolis yesterday to 18 points in, in a super sectional. It was 44 to 18. And this morning on the conference call, this is what Nashville coach Patrick Weathers said about his team. Sort of sounds familiar. He says, we play a very specific brand of basketball win ugly. It is not the most entertaining, and it is not for everybody. So that that DePaul Prep Nashville game <laughs> points will be hard to come by. Oh but, boy, <laughs> uh, you know, but you know, their sophomores got two sophomores starting. Yeah, yeah. Peyton came yeah. in and 
and, and a really underrated player, Jalen uh, McElroy. He has been huge for them. He had, yeah, uh, Klein, Tom Kleinschmidt texted me his numbers from a year or last night. Fifth, uh, 18 points and 18 rebounds last night for the, the sophomore big man. Oh so, my gosh. Uh, you know, that is a, a monster performance from some young guys in a big moment playing in a double over. I think it was either single or double over, double overtime. I can't remember. I, there was a couple overtimes last night, but yeah. Um, Anything else in, in, in 4A, though? I, mean, I know we're jumping here, but you know, we talked about supers, Young. Um... We talked about – I mean, Glenbard West, they took care of business. I, I feel like I didn't see the game. It just feels like – I saw the Glenbard West-Larkin game in the regular season. I was there, and Larkin – it was like a 20-point game that didn't seem as close as that. And this – one I, I looked at, at that score in the first quarter. I think they were down. Glenmore West was showing ten to nine, and he was like, eh. "But I, I just think that was more like almost like a business trip." Yeah, the other one, you know, Bolingbrook. I, I don't know if it's really an upset. Quincy was the three seed in their sectional, I believe, and they upset Normal in the in the uh, sectional final. But Bolingbrook took care of business, one by seven, beat Quincy, uh, so they'll be the ones facing Glenbard West. Um, you know, we were yeah, but. Way. Yeah, Bolingbrook, I think, just and, and it's not taking anything away from Bolingbrook. It's going to sound like I am, but they're fortunate for because normal everybody had normal pegged to be the team to get to the super. I mean, normal playing, and I, I'm sure Quincy had a nice crowd there. Um, they travel well, unbelievable fan base, but that would have been a, a quite a challenge against a 33 or 34 or however many wins they had, 34 and one normal team. Uh, playing in Redbird Arena in normal. So, hey, that's what happens. You, 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 it's all about matchups. And Bolingbrook was able to, you know, take down Quincy and, and, you know, I think about their third trip in the last six, seven years, I think, you know, and, um, it's a team that has been a basketball power, but we haven't really talked a ton about this year. You know, for for being Bolingbrook basketball, and have like an they're on like an eighteen game win streak or something. Yeah, <laughs> crazy and, right now. Yeah. And playing in Champagne. Yeah, it's so. uh, and you know they'll be well. I guess we'll hit it, but yeah, they'll, they'll be they do have some size and some rebounders. Could be you know make something happen with Glenbard West, but yeah, I think that's uh, good for the supers for you, Joe. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, we could right we'll start previewing this for a semifinals, and I I think Mike that am I. Okay, you, you, you mentioned how you like the upsets, and I, I'm all for upsets, whatever. But <laughs> he says resignedly. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I, I, I think as a basketball fan, I mean, young Glenbard West rematch would be the matchup everyone's anticipating, everyone's expecting, and most people, well, everyone outside of Barrington and. And, uh, Bolingbrook would, would like to see. Um, I know they went, Hey, we want some new, we need a new flavor. We don't want, you know, Glenbard West is that we know, but you know, I, I probably the Barrington story would resonate with some people. Hey, be take down Whitney on. That'd be probably pretty big, but man. And I, and, and I think, see, I, I'm more of a upset. I, I think upsets can occur in supers 
and downstate more so than regionals and sectionals. I've always believed that because I've just seen so many good teams that have looked the part and played so well. Just it is a different vibe. A with the state tournament, just the the, the aura and the presence of it, but also just that whole different environment with college arena. The, the, the travel, the, just it's, it's nothing like anybody's ever gone before. So you don't know how they're going to react, respond. Uh, sometimes you don't see the best games in the college arenas. I've just watched this for 25 years. Sometimes it, it defies that, and they, they, they're unbelievable moment, 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 mo- monumental games. But a lot of times they're clunkers, and that's why I'm never. It, that's why I'm not going to be stunned if. Dare I say it, Barrington shocked Whitney on. I think there's a equalizer this year that we rarely see, and that's the the new venue. Uh, Whitney Young and Simeon especially would have had a real advantage, I believe, in Peoria. You know, these programs that are traditional powers, they know their schedules, they know what they like to do and how they like to do it and where to go, and that's gone now. And they're going to be on a level playing field with Barrington and, you know, Sacred Heart Griffin and Metamora, all the first timers, you know, they're going to have to figure out how they want to do things and where they're going to do things. And I was remembering back to that first year in Peoria, or it wasn't the first year, it was that first year of um, four class basketball. So things were different. Remember how wacky that was? Yeah. Things got really weird, especially in foray in that uh, final. So I think that might maybe help, a little bit for Barrington and Metamora against the powers who are used to being there. I know Robert Smith's already called me a few times wondering what's going on because <laughs> he's used to his normal schedule. So so maybe that'll help. Barrington, though, have they played? I don't think they've played a game on a college court, have they? Uh, I don't. Because that well, uh, super was at Forest View. Um, I don't know. Uh I, I just, you know, I'm, I'm Whitney Young's a prohibitive favorite. There's no question. I mean, I'm just thinking back, you know, even that Frem team gave. Gave that, them a good game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, back when their friend was undefeated, nobody gave him a chance. And, you know, they were competitive and gritty. And I, I could just see something like that kind of playing out. On the other hand, I will be floored, stunned. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, if Glenbard West were to lose to Boingbrook. Oof. Did you see the, uh, Rob Brost quote from the press conference? No. Oh boy. It's almost going, it's about going as viral as anything goes on high school sports Twitter. Are, are you ready for it? Um, hold on. <laughs> I, I didn't have it up here, but, uh, it's a, uh, it's a whopper. I, I think it was, a, it's, it's a bit t- tongue in cheek, but, uh, this is how Rob Broach is approaching it. He says, quote, I would rather be playing the Lakers than Glenbard West. We could back off Russell Westbrook, let him shoot it, and get some rebounds. There is not a guy on the Glenbard West roster we can do that to. <laughs> yeah, a little hyperbole, but hey, <laughs> hey, I, that, that's fine. Um, let's let's you know, David versus Goliath, play it up. Yeah, we, we got another one. This is Rob Brost again. <laughs> he was very quotable today. We know the entire town of Glen Ellen will be there on Friday afternoon. There will be 15 of us and 15,000 people from Glen Ellen. We are going to give it a shot and see what we can do and try to shock Joe Hendrickson. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, 
and again, I give a lot of credit to, I mean, uh, it's a program that has been just a consistent force and they have kind of just forced their way right there again. And, um, they, they took the, advantage, you know, of that route that we, that I hoped Juliet West could take advantage of. It was yeah. just there for a lot of teams. And as Bolingbrook has done many times since Rob Brost has been there, you give them a chance <laughs> and they get, they find their way through. And it's mm-hmm. really impressive for sure. Yeah, I just matchup wise, it's rough. I, that, that is going to be a tall, tall task for the Raiders. And, and yeah, you know, the other thing we're talking about, you talk about Friday afternoon. Uh, a lot of these games are in odd times. We're going to talk a little three here in a little bit. I, I mean, teams don't want that game in Christmas tournaments. Uh, the 9 a.m. or 10 a.m. game. And, you know, that first semifinal, isn't that 10 a.m.? It's 10 a.m., yep. I mean, that is brutal. I mean, as far as, well, that's brutal no matter how you look at it. But as far as making sure you are, you're like in a routine and, uh, your high school kids are woken up, <laughs> I, that's, it could, it could matter, uh, on that Friday morning. Yeah, I, it's a weird thing. I've complained about it on Twitter. I also think things got backed up both days in the girls' tournament. You know, the girls did the same format last weekend, and everything got delayed and backed up. So even on the flip side, you know, Bolingbrook Glenbard West is the last game on Friday, scheduled for 20 minutes after Young versus Barrington. They're going to be in the situation where they're going to be sitting around all day and not really knowing, you know, when they're going to start and probably going to be at least an hour, maybe more late. I don't think that's great either, you know, for such a big game, having to sit around and not have an actual start time yeah. with the way things go. So, yeah, it'll definitely be – there's going to be a lot of teams trying to find their way. It's going to be new for all of us. So, yeah, that, that's going to be interesting. Um, Sacred Heart Griffin and St. Ignatius is that 10 a.m. game we talked about. Uh, during the conference call today, Matt Monroe was very okay with the 10 a.m. start, said he's fine. He's You know, they do this – they you know, Christmas tournament games, blah, blah, blah. So he's not making it a big deal for his team. Um, they're on a roll, although they haven't, you know, had super great competition, but they have been winning. But I did some research on Sacred Heart Griffin. I'm guessing a lot of the podcast listeners um, don't know a ton about them. They are 33-3, and three, and they're on a 28-game winning streak. Are you sure? That's what it said in the thing, yeah. yeah no, that's not right. Who they lose to. Oh, they lost uh, February, no, February 18th. I got it down nor, here. Normal. Normal. 54 to 33. Yeah, so maybe yeah. it's 18. That can't even be 18. I don't know where that came from. Anyway, so yeah, they our lost. First, our first Sacred Griffin nugget is wrong. <laughs> um, where did I get the 28 game win streak from? Anyway, um, yeah, they lost to normal pretty badly, 54 to 33, but they had a bunch of guys out. That was February 18th. Um, you know, the article didn't say why they had so many guys out, but they were missing three guys. Two guys didn't play, including their best, I guess, leader, maybe not best player. And then they lost another guy in the second quarter. So that might be a bit, you know, yeah. overblown. I, mean, I, ha- I have seen Jake Hamilton. He's our guard. He's a junior, uh, a good one. Will, Will know, Hamilton. Uh, no, it's Jake. Will was the other one. Oh, okay. Will was out. Yeah. Jake is their leading Jake. scorer. Jake, okay. Jake Hamilton's a, you know, he's a, a good looking 6'2, six, 6'3 six, junior guard. Um, watch, watch some AAU stuff. But anyway, he's, he's good. He's solid. He's, he's, he's a, he's a player that 
will be one of those listed as the players no one knows about, who is very impressive. He can shoot a little bit. Um, very efficient three-point shooter. I know uh, it doesn't probably take a lot of them, but I, I just – it'll be interesting to see because it's – you talk about new blood. I mean, I, I haven't done the research or history on on Sacred Heart Griffin, but i got to believe they've either – have never been here, or it's been. Oh, it's sad, Joe. Get get I this. Mean, it's a pretty good story, actually. They made state in 2020. What? Oh, yeah. Okay. I didn't realize this either until I was reading up. They oh yeah. They were two way. They dropped. Mm. They were in two way, and they advanced to the state semis. They were one of those teams in Peoria with Orr. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. It, COVID hit. Yeah, so it's kind of cool they got back now. After, yeah. After getting robbed of that, I think that's really neat. Um, you know, they got multiplied up. So that's interesting too. And I didn't realize this during the whole tournament. I was thinking that everybody was in their natural class, but that's not true. They got multiplied because they made it to state in 2020 hmm. or not in success factor. You know what I mean? Or whatever it is. Yeah. So they did get placed up to three a cause they're naturally a two a school and they were ready to play. So that's a, I guess they all wore the like 2020, the 2020 team had t-shirts made, you know, for advancing to state. And last night the team all wore those, um, you know, kind of as a tribute to that team that didn't get to play. So that's a really neat story and good for Sacred Heart Griffin to get to experience this. Um, one of the things I wanted to read was, um, from the Springfield paper after normal, you know, whooped them when they had three guys out. Um, the normal coach, uh, Dave Witzig said he like a pretty good prediction here. He said he likes Sacred Heart Griffin's chances to make a deep postseason run, but he really likes the Cyclones' chances next season. He says they start five juniors and they're going to have a great year. They have a great chance to make a run this year, and next year they're going to be unbelievable. So they're here a year early, which is uh, really interesting. And playing a St. Ignatius team, we know that. Who knows <laughs> what we're going to get from that side? Yeah, I mean. I... This is a more. If I had to pick one game that was impossible to forecast <laughs> and preview, that. this would be it. But you also, I go back to what I said at the beginning of the podcast, early in the podcast, just about kind of finding your way, finding your groove. A team that had big expectations coming into the season because they had so much back. They have talent. They've got uh, experienced guys that have been. You know, they they they. They were they were supposed to be here. I mean, just when the season began, and then, eh, it was just kind of a up and down, topsy turvy regular season with highs and lows that you just couldn't pinpoint. All right, are they turning around or are they? You know, I I did pick them to get to a super. Um, so I you know I thought you know that was partly due to the road they had. Uh, but they've made the most of that, and here they are. I, I just don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Ha- having not seen them play since, I don't know. I haven't seen. I mean, I've seen them play a number of times this year, but just not in a. I don't think I've seen them in the last month. Yeah. So, well, it, well yeah. Here's the uh, rundown. This might make it this game easier for you to pick if you actually just read it. Last two games of the regular season. St. Ignatius. They lost to Yorkville Christian by 10. They lost to St. Rita by 15. Mm-hmm. So that's the end of the regular season. Then they go into the playoffs. They beat Foreman. They beat Lakeview. 
They beat Fenwick. They beat De La Salle. So those are the four playoff wins. What's the combined record there? Do you think? And eight, uh, eight and seven. <laughs> yeah. And then they needed two overtimes to beat St. Patrick in the Super. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I would guess that Sacred Heart Griffin will be favored. Yeah. Uh, in my Vegas lines. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, no, I mean, but they've you know Richard Barron is a difference maker. Richard Barron can change the complexion of a game with his hot hand. He he can get out and and rip off five, six threes in a game. That is possible. And you know they they they've got the type of decent athleticism and size to to do what they need to do defensively. And I you know you know I'm not going to be shocked if seeing the issues beat Sacred Heart Griffin. You know so. Um, it's just these two games are, I mean, I kind of think that Simeon's going to be a very heavy favorite here in the next one against Metamora. Uh, but again, Metamora is, you know, from an individual standpoint, uh, you know, I've, I've seen a ton of Ethan Kaiser, a six, six, six junior. He's a half, he's a fun player, Mike. He is a big time, big time athlete. Uh, he plays above the rim. Uh, he's got hair down to the middle of his back. Uh, I mean, he, he wears the headband. He's just, uh, he's a fun player and he can really shoot it. So he's a guy who can step out, knock a three down. Uh, I mean, very good shooter, high level shooter. And he's six, six and athletic who can finish with alley-oop dunks. And he just got to get better on the, you know, as far as prospect. Uh, he's a division one prospect and he just needs to get a little better with the ball, get some strength. He's, he's a little wiry, uh, and, and not real strong, but Ethan Kaiser's a, a fun, good looking player. And he's just their third leading scorer. Uh, mm-hmm. Tyson Swanson is averaging 14. Zach Schroeder, 12.2. This is a team I saw way back in November. You know, I was out at the tournament of champions in Washington. So I saw them lose to Lanfear, and I saw them lose to St. John Bosco, who has like a stud freshman future NBA uh, guard guy. And then I went home, had Thanksgiving, and the next day they lost to Joliet West. But things have improved quite a bit since then. They were missing some people. There were some guys out then. But if you look at what they did against locals, um, even after that, Metamora, they're 29-6. and six. This is their first time at state. They did lose to Wheaton Warrenville South at the, uh. Yeah, I saw them at the State Farm Holiday yeah. Classic, uh, when Metamore was down there. Yeah. yeah. And they lost to, uh, I'm sorry, uh, they East beat St. O- Louis. Yeah, they, they beat Oak East Park. St. Louis. Yeah. Okay, as far as locals. But that was close. It was by three. And they beat Bradley Bourbonnet pretty good. They beat Lynn Bloom pretty good. So there's, there's nothing. I mean, they beat Wheaton St. Francis solidly by 16 in the Super, but there's nothing. If you look at our local teams, that really says this is a team that can play with Simeon, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I, I you know, they beat Rock Island in the Super. I thought Rock, Rock Island would get them, even though I saw them beat Rock Island. But uh, back in the State Farm Holiday Classic. So, it, yeah, it, the Simeon team that we saw last night at UIC is not losing to Metamora. Bam. Simi- Bold. <laughs> He's ready. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they're, they're, they're not. I mean, Metamora and Lamont, um, 
You know, and it, it, it is tricky saying stuff like this. I get when I haven't seen him since December twenty seventh or twenty eighth or whenever whatever day I saw him on. Uh, so, you know, that's over two months ago. Uh, but you know, and I, it's just it's a different. I mean, Simeon's a different level than every single team that they've faced and that they've played. Uh, and it's going to be a major, major moment for Metamora. And, it, I mean, all these Simeon players, I'm not going to sit and say that they've been down there before and they've done this, but they've, they've played in some high-profile stuff and and uh, some some big games that are marquee, big stage games. So they are they're going to be acclimated to that in that those early moments of that game uh more so than metamora you know i'm really excited about with the 3a stuff um you know the morning's clearly not ideal but i think it is neat that we got two central illinois teams at least in there and they're teams that hopefully will bring out some fans just because you know metamora it's their first time i'm sentencing a lot of excitement just online you know about them getting to state and Sacred Heart Griffin, a team that was cheated in 2020, you know, probably has a lot of pent up state finals fever in that community. So hopefully they can maybe save our Friday <laughs> and uh, those two central Illinois communities can really come out and help fill, uh, well, not fill, but give us a nice early morning crowd in Champagne. That would be neat. Yeah. And, and thank goodness. I, I would have been really bummed and disappointed if it was Metamora against Sacred Heart Griffin. And Ignatius well, against Simeon. Oh, great you know point, I mean? Joe. Oh man, yeah. That yes, would've, yes. That would have just sucked. Yeah. Uh, oh so, no, the ping pong balls fell right for us. Yeah. 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 So and that, oh, that's a point. big plus. Yeah. Um, I would expect, you know, sometimes, you know, some private schools, you know, Sacred Heart Griffin may not have the full rousing support of the whole Springfield community. Uh, so I, I'm not sure how that would play out with with them as. Uh, specifically, but Metamora, I would expect that town has got to be buzzing, uh, over, you know, this opportunity because, you know, you look through the history of Metamora basketball, Mike, as I'm doing it right now, I mean, they have a sectional title and that's it. They've had one sectional championship in school history. Uh, so this is, you know, this is something that is really kind of have to have generated some massive excitement in that in that town. That'll be uh, that'll be fun. Yeah, that's the only thing. You know, I don't really care who wins or goes through here once the Joliet teams are eliminated. But I, the one thing about the Barrington upset at Glenbrook South, Glenbrook South was going to bring an army to Champaign, yeah. and I was really excited about the big crowds that they and Glenbard West and Whitney Young has done. Young and Kenwood both have big fan bases that have been out with student sections this season, so I was excited about that. Or if or if Quincy would have made it, exactly. So I, I had all that going. So I'm challenging Barrington now. Barrington needs to bring it. All right, we need to see you know a nice crowd hopefully on Friday afternoon from Barrington. I heard they had a really nice crowd at Forest View for the Super. You know, it was equaling Glenbrook South. So I really hope that's the case because basically what I want to see this weekend is crowds. <laughs> and a couple of good games. <laughs> you know what? I'll settle for marginal basketball as long as we get crowds. <laughs> that would be but great. <laughs> we need a close game, Mike, for the crowds to be energized. Into it, yeah. Because uh, uh... I just, I don't know. I, I, I'm not saying there's going to be blowouts. <laughs> 
but I see some potential. So let's um before we go here, let's hit up let's just waste our own time since we were wrong a lot and let's talk about a possible I was going to say Simeon San Ignatius title game, but I would pick San Ignatius to lose. Um, I, I'm, I'm picking um, San Ignatius to lose. Oh, so we both are. So let's talk about a Simeon Sacred Heart Griffin, a team we haven't seen <laughs> play against Simeon. I mean, it sounds like... You know, yeah, maybe I'll go Metamore. Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Yeah, no. <laughs> okay. No, uh, no but back to the... I mean, Metamore... But, I, I have high hopes for you. You're going. You're challenging Barrington. I'm challenging Metamora. I've Metamora. They're going to bring a. I would love a Met. I think they're about an hour, hour and a half from Champaign. Big, huge football school. I mean, yeah. they've had tons of success for football. So at least they know what like success success looks like. Uh, so just not in the basketball side. That'll be a fun, huge crowd game against the old big heavyweight. Yeah. Simeon. Yes, it's going to nope. be fun. Yeah, People on Metamora are already crowing about the size of the crowd they're going to have. So I'm confident. All right. Yeah. Confident All right. in Metamora. I think you're, you're right. That's going to be great. That'll be fun. Uh, but yeah, I got, you know, Simeon, Sacred Heart Griffin. Um, I, yeah, I, I got Simeon. I, and I, I'm not saying they're going to blow these teams out. I, it's not that I root for teams or root for. I, I just want to, I want close games. And I just. I, I just hope that that's the case. I, th- I think Sacred Heart Griffin and Ignatius will be a a close game. Uh, I, I would be surprised if that's a blowout either way. But you know, Simeon could they could they could put it on Metamora. It's possible, and, and you know, we'll see. I, I I don't have a good feel for Sacred Heart Griffin because I haven't seen him uh, as I've seen Metamora. Yeah, that makes it tough to say the least. I don't right. know either. And, you know, and nothing would make me happier than if. I guess St. Ignatian lived up to my uh, preseason things but and beat Simeon because I think I had them, what, one spot ahead? Uh, I think they were mm-hmm. four and five in my preseason Super 25, so that that would be all right. Yeah. But I don't and we, know. And we've talked a little bit of DePaul and Nashville and uh, 2A, and then obviously there's a 1A story. And <laughs> as I was doing my – preview stuff, I think I came to the conclusion that Yorkville Christian's average victory margin now is 45, 44 oh. points a game in oh, six postseason wins. Their mm. closest game has been 34 or 36 points. I asked Mike last night, is there a running clock in the postseason? I still I never went and got an answer. Because those are some massive point differentials if there is running the clocks. I, yeah, that, that's... I, it's not, so yeah. that's what I'm wondering is I don't know if there is in the postseason. Yeah, I don't know. We'll so, have to find out. Um, but, Yorkville Christian, my question is, now the one... I, there's a 1A school that we've talked about on the podcast. I have brought up... It was one of my three-pointers. Or not three-pointers. One of my two takes. Uh, on a podcast was on Skills Mound. Skills Mound, yes. All right, Skills Mound. Uh, Maya had kind of adopted team, kind of made it. When did, when did Beecher lose, Mike? I didn't even check. Oh, they, they, oh, it was very upsetting for the poor guys in Beecher. All that, you know, their big goal this season was school record wins and win their first regional. Hmm. 
They lost in the regional final. Oh, they lost in the regional. They, ah. didn't, they didn't get it. Yeah. Well, Scales Mound has, I think, one sectional, one regional win or some crazy non, not very successful uh, <laughs> history of basketball at Scales Mound. But they're also the the, the story I like is now granted all 1A schools are really small <laughs> yeah. uh but you know they're all under 200 all four of these schools well under 200 uh i think one of them's like 190 or 181 or something but scales mount is 70 70 students uh and they're they've been at the top of the rankings they played leo tough and i think leo is missing to cam cleveland or cleveland okay yeah. one of them. But Scales Mom played them tough, so that gives me some hope. And I had a, you know, a, a, actually a college coach that watched Scales Mound at NIU last night and, and said, hey, this team's fun. This team's pretty good for, for 1A, you know, so it's me showing my 1A love. Uh, <laughs> I can't beat that. Which, which you're yeah. not going to get very often from no, Joe. No, not, not at all. Uh, guess what, Joe? I, uh, guess but what no, my, my, my long-winded yeah. question. Does Yorkville Christian do they have a close game? No. Champagne. No. All right. Okay. I I think Jaden Shoot. If, if one thing, he's a big game player, and he's gonna come out and blow everybody away in this thing. I think personally, but yeah. I mean, my thought was Scales Mound. Do they do they struggle with Marshall? Or was that pretty? Well, on hand, I can't remember. They were whooping them for the first. It was bad, and then Marshall raged back at the end. And it seems like if the game just this is just me watching the score. If the game had gone on another minute, Marshall could have won the way it went. But it, that was a weird game to watch on a score thing. They were Scales Mound was doubling them up, and then all of a sudden Marshall charged back. So it's hard to say um, on that one. But yeah, I'm excited about Scales Mound to see them too. I've been waiting all year. Um, well, not all year, but the last month or two months when I've been hearing them and watching them win. So some of the fans have reached out on Twitter. I think we have some no shot clock listeners actually in, in Scales Mound this season. So hello to, to all of you. So yeah, that'll be neat to see. I'm excited. You know, it's something to look forward to for Thursday morning. Um, check yeah, but se- se- 70 kids, man. That's, yeah. that is tiny. Yeah, that's why, uh, Steel- Steelville has 151 and Liberty has 191. And Yorkville Christians, what, in the 80s? Uh, no. Well, now all these classes, I mean, 64 on official, but they're always behind. I, I don't know if people realize this. It's always one year behind for the most part, you know, with their enrollment. So I think when I talked to them that they were, they had like doubled in size, Yorkville Christian. Joe, I got, I, got, I got something pretty exciting for me here. I just realized we're going to, we're going to wrap this podcast with, I'm going to brag. Guess what? Every single team has in common local team in pure in champagne, all eight of them. Chicago area teams. Yeah. Mean? What do they have in common? Yeah. I mean, you're not going to get this. I'm just, bull- they were all ranked in the preseason by me. Oh, I mean, look at this. This was the hardest year ever to do preseason rankings after a COVID, you know, season. Glenbard West was number one. Young was number two. St. Ignatius was number four. Simeon was number five. Uh, let's see here. Bolingbrook was number 12. DePaul Prep was number 14. 
Barrington was number 18. Yorkville Christian was number 25. Oh, we got the 1A. I mean, come on. I got, got them all. You, you got the 1A luxury of yeah. the one time. I'm yeah. not going to have to put NR, which means not ranked, next to any of the state ch- champions. That's impossible. That's never happened before in 20 years. So, Oh, know. wait. you No. Since 4A? Oh, yeah. State. State, you've had state champs with NRs? Sure, in the lower classes and stuff oh. yeah, that, that I put in at, uh, yeah, cause well, I, okay. I almost didn't yeah. put Yorkville Christian in. You know, they were 25 and, you know, I hemmed and hawed about that for a week. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't like putting the, the smaller schools in the preseason Super 25. Yeah. So that's, but yeah, no, Barrington in there. You know, I, I had some hopes. DePaul Prep probably had too high, but now they're living up to it. So yeah, that's, uh. So you got Yorkville Christian. I have Yorkville Christian. Yep. I've got DePaul. Yep. Same. It's going to be really bad if we have all four. I've got Simeon. Yep. <laughs> I've got Glenbard West. I mean, how do you pick against Glenbard West at this point? It, it It is fun, though, because we I think we both agree. I think everybody who's watched Young in the city championship, or especially last night, thinks it'll be a good game now. I think we could hit a Sierra Canyon Glenbard West level game. Which I wasn't so sure about with anybody yeah. against Glenbard West two weeks ago. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. No, it'll be fun. And we're back in Champaign and, and, um, it'll be a completely, I mean, it's fun for a lot of reasons. Primarily, we haven't had a state tournament <laughs> for the last two years. So, um, it's going to be a big weekend. Yep. After more than 700 some days, I'm going to have to redo my count. We will have state champions. Uh, I'll have a preview up on the site. It'll be up by now by the time you're uh, listening to this. A big one. Uh, Joe wrote a nice column about the return to Champaign of the state tournament. That's up on the website as well. And uh, I'll be doing a story on every game. I'm even doing the 1A semis on Thursday mornings. You can follow along with that. And they are all on WCIU 26.2. I do not want anyone with DirecTV to complain to me on Twitter you have plenty of time to go buy an antenna. They're 10 bucks. Hook it up to your TV. You can watch it all for free. That's all I get, Joe, when things are on. Because I guess the U is not on direct TV. Mm. And people get very upset. They got plenty of time here. You got, you got two days. Go buy yourself an antenna. It's not that hard. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back next week with four state champions and a look at probably an awful lot of opinions on how things went in Champagne, if I'm, uh, if I know us. Uh, thanks for listening.